Welcome to the Leveled Up Podcast. I'm Danae Osted. And I'm Megan Johnson. This week, we talked to the incomparable Stephanie Gunther, owner of the Wax Creek Branding Agency. We had an amazing conversation about her journey up to this point, um, a lot about resiliency and where she's going now. So stay tuned. It's going to be a good one. I'm so excited. Do you know why? No. Because you're here. Oh. (laughs) Okay. So for this episode, very special episode, we have one of my favorite people in the whole, whole wide world, Stephanie Gunther here. And uh, not only is she, I I don't know, not only are you beautiful and warm and a wonderful soul, but you're actually really brilliant. And I uh, feel very lucky every day to get to spend time with you. And so, of course, we're going to introduce you to the podcast and everything Um, because we want to know all about you and we want everybody to know all about you as well. Stephanie's probably one of the most insightful, like creatives that I've probably ever met. And I mean that because there are so many times where we're having conversations about something that we could do for our business. And then you hop in with something that's just like mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And we're like, what? Like, where did that come from? Why why have none of us ever thought of that before? And you're just like, oh, I don't know, but I have 30 more ideas that are exactly <laughs> exactly as awesome. Gosh. So, um, yeah, and I, I mean that. I also, I appreciate Stephanie because um, for anybody who hasn't been hanging around us for a while, um, uh, Stephanie and Megan and, and Sarah and I and a lot of other people who are kind of part of our, our tribe now, especially within Level Up, um, we're all kind of building our businesses together you know and we're all kind of at similar points at similar times so it's been really fun for for me to see your business grow and Megan as well because we're all so integrated in what each other are doing so I I appreciate you as a person I'm really glad you're here well thanks guys I'm really happy to be here yeah thanks for coming into the studio today by the studio we mean your office oh (laughs) no problem you know it was a quick drive and I just walked around the building once and now I'm here We're really sad that uh, Sarah Flannery can be here today. She's sick, um, but she would gush all over you just the same way that we would because she loves you too. So I think where we want to start really is just about you before we jump into your business. And what is the story? What is Stephanie's story up until Wax Creek? So I guess let me pick a starting point here Uh, outside of being born. uh, I see a theme here. Um, you don't always have to start at birth, but I like where your head's at. I know. It's been a rough ride since then. I know. <laughs> it's gone up and down. Um, really, you know, I guess it's kind of, it's not that interesting. Maybe it is. Maybe it's mostly just interesting to me. But I, you know, I had a, when I was young, when in my early 20s, I had a corporate job. I was, I was actually a work comp adjuster, uh, insurance which if you want to know what I think the worst job out there is, it's probably that. (laughs) And it's not, you know, the people I worked with, I have some really close friends from that time of my life. uh, And and that part wasn't bad. I got a lot of experience, but it was just kind of, it was a soul sucking job. Everybody you talked to was upset or mad or hurt and angry. And it was just not a good environment. And I left that company and uh, I started working for a company that um, I, it was kind of a goofy thing at the time. It's a company called Tire Socks and they make covers for tires. So like you drive on to like picture this, like they build a Costco and they pour this big concrete slab and then they drive 500 pieces of equipment onto the concrete. And so these tire socks cover the tires on equipment so they don't scuff up the floors. So oh. at first I was like, well, this is weird, but, um, you know, it was, it was my friend's company. And so I, I, uh, jumped on board and, and what is interesting about that is that really is where my love of branding came from. Like I have a, a background in graphic design and marketing, but, um, but watching that company grow from a small, a very small company in a basement to a company that, is now doing millions of dollars a year in sales and is international. And really the coolest part about it is that the product name has become synonymous with the company name. So like Kleenex is really a tissue. Tire socks are now what everybody calls that product. So watching that and building that brand, as goofy as it sounds, was really, uh, no, really influential. Cool. And it was 
it was, it showed me that you can work in a space uh, with people that are happy and joyful and you can help people make their lives better and improve them. And, and so that was kind of my first taste of that. And honestly, I've never, I would never, I could never go backwards from that. Mm. It's really important to me to, to always be in a positive space and impact people that way. So. Well, you got your degree in business administration, didn't you? Yeah. And and it really started out with digital, really what we would call today, digital marketing, but, um, it was, what was it called then? Um, I don't even know. It was something like digital studies, but it was all like, it was pre, it was right as the internet was starting to get big. And so it was a lot of like video editing and hang on <laughs> and other things. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but um, it, it was just a little bit before that time. So most of what I do now has been through experience or by uh, YouTube and other ways uh, and just, you know, other random classes I've taken and being self-taught in a lot of that. So um, it's been interesting. I, you know, through all that, I got married, I got divorced. I was afraid of heights. I went skydiving. I had a kid. Um, Like all of those things, the reason they're so important is that they all, um, a lot of those things through, through some of those times were very challenging. And that's, what you learn when you go through the hardest things that you go through is that really they're beautiful because they, they inspire so much, so much change and so much growth and that you, you do get chances to reinvent who you are every once in a while. And you get to make those decisions. Whereas, you know, if I hadn't have gone through some of those things, I don't think that I, I know for a fact, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And so that's always been really at its core. What's most important to me is, is inspiring change and growth and and not for any particular agenda except for just an agenda that makes you happy mm-hmm. and not you know my agenda hopefully makes me happy and yours hopefully makes you happy and that's really really all that matters I think that's why you identify so well small business I definitely um I definitely can identify with small business and their challenges because I have been through them. You know, I, after I, um, I was traveling a lot when I was in the construction industry, I went to another company after that and, um, I had to travel a lot. And so, and that was hard having a young kid at home and being divorced. Cause I was already sharing him half the time. And so when you have to start then taking a hit on your 50%, mm-hmm. and so you go from seeing your child every day to like two or three days a week, mm-hmm. it's insane. And so that's finally, I was kind of getting pushed into having to travel more and I was, I just called it. And what's interesting is that in the beginning of that, I thought it'll be really easy to go out on my own. It'll be really easy to freelance. And what's funny about this, (laughs) we're just talking about this, Um, but it's, you think it's going to be pretty easy. You have a great idea. It's, it's what you call, what Megan calls um, unconscious incompetence mm-hmm. where everything's just rosy and like I've got this I can do this it's no problem I know what I'm doing and and it's a struggle and so you know for me coming from these companies where I was managing all the different aspects of marketing um, I felt like I can I can help companies I can do all the things for them I can you know I can help them with their social media and I can help them with their you know build their website and I can do their graphic design and and all these things but it just doesn't really work that way when you actually go out on your own yeah. and you have to, you have to put in a lot of time experience or shameless plug for Megan coaching for somebody who helps you figure out what you're doing. So you don't just flounder around by yourself. Um, so that's, I think that that's how I resonate mostly with small businesses is that I've been through it. I have been through um, also, what, what do we call that? The um, Valley of despair. <laughs> You know, that's the podcast we should have done. Yes, <laughs> that is the podcast we should have done. I'm, on the bus. Yes, the valley of despair is real. It is, and it sucks. Like, it sucks so bad because through that, you know, for me, I was alone and I didn't, re- I didn't even know that I needed you guys. Like, I didn't even know. You don't know what you don't know, right? right. So I didn't know that there was a way that I could find other people that could help me. I just didn't think that was a possibility. And so 
That is the unconscious incompetence. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And so that was a, a huge reality once you check. started once yeah. you started Wax Creek. So let's back up a little bit. You decided you don't want to travel anymore. Mm -hmm. And so what what came about to you saying I'm going to start a business called Wax Creek? Is there is there something magic there? You know, it actually for a while it was called uh, marketing a la carte, which is oh. like the most amateur name. Please don't name your company that. Um, it was so amateur. It's like and, the Michael Scott paper company. <laughs> it was. It was like people are like, "How do you spell a la carte?" I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is a horrible name." <laughs> my domain was like 20 letters long. Don't do that. Um, so <laughs> it was like Michael Scott. It was run very similarly. <laughs> um, so I started thinking, I started initially like thinking that I could be what now you would call like a fractional marketing yeah. uh, company or a fractional marketing officer. Mm -hmm. But I just thought I can help small businesses, you know, with their marketing needs and they can outsource it to me and I'll just do that and live happily ever after and everything will be great. And that's not real. And so um, I actually spent, gosh, two years really spinning in that space, like really like depleting my savings, depleting everything I had, taking odd jobs, going back to companies I'd worked for before on contract, doing anything and everything I could to just make ends meet, which is really stressful. It's also yeah. really hard to grow a business when you're by yourself and you're stressed out all the time. Yeah. So um, it was it was rough. And that's uh, that's why I know it so well. And that's why I all I care about is helping people because even even if it's just giving them advice, it's really important to me because I don't ever want anybody to have to go through that, or at least for that amount of time, or at least yeah. for longer than you have to. I mean, everybody has to get a touch of that, I think, but you don't need to do it for two years either. Right. Yeah. So at some point in there, I realized marketing all the cart was dead. <laughs> and <laughs> tell the story, tell the story about when you were on vacation and you're like driving back to Denver for this like $70 job that oh. was horrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is this is going to relate to so many people. I feel like this is my um vindication moment on this a little bit because I'm going to use this this is the lowest point. Please don't mention them by name. I will not. <laughs> uh this is the lowest point of where where I ever got to in this whole thing is and it was it was um two I guess two and a half years ago in the summer. No, it was, um, I met you guys last year. So it was, I've known you longer. We met Megan on the same night. Right. That was our anniversary. It's a magic, um, <laughs> magical evening. The stars aligned. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would have been uh, 2018. So the summer of 2018. So a year and a half ago. So right after I met you. Yes. yes. Okay, perfect. I'm still freelancing and just trying to do all these things and not really having clear direction. And uh I was on Thumbtack trying to get just random graphic design oh, jobs. Thumbtack. Yeah, don't. I mean, there's there's merit to it sometimes, but do it yeah the right way. This and I got hired by this just this random lady. Um, what's funny about it is I spent like thirty dollars to get the job right because they charge you per bid or they did mm -hmm. then. They do. I drove to meet her in Golden, which is like another what ten dollars in gas. I bought a coffee, so I'm already in for like forty five dollars. Okay. And I get there and she is basically like, I just need this logo uh, that I have in a file I can use. It's in an art file and I can't access it. I'm like, oh, that's, that'll take me 10 minutes <laughs> to convert that. You know, it's not a big deal. So um, I have an hour minimum. So I charge her $65, right? To do this logo work. That was your minimum. For all of my time. Yes. $65. Yes. Um, at this time. Let's make that, that very clear. Like, let's be clear. You don't work that cheap anyway. Yes, that's true. That's true. Um, things have changed a little bit now. So um, I, I do this job for her. Uh, she basically sends me the files over, but they're not what she said they were. They're not intact. And so I have to recreate the, the original art, um, which is still not a huge deal. And I, I thought to myself, again, this is in the time where I didn't value my time the right way. Um, I really, um, I really needed somebody to help me figure that out. And I didn't have that. 
um, until that fateful night when I did meet Megan. I know. (laughs) It was. What? It's a big deal. It was. We're going to talk about that a lot. (laughs) Um, But it, it, um, it just wasn't a big deal then. So I was like, you know, I'll just do this for her. It's not a huge thing. It's a little extra time. And so I, I, long story short, I end up going on vacation. It's my annual family trip and I'm camping with my brother and I'm literally in the passenger seat the whole way there, like finishing this up. And then we get to camping and I can't like, right as I finish it, we're like pulling into the remote area of a state and I have no service. So I'm trying to send it, trying to, to make it happen. And so now this is cutting into my like precious, like 24 hours of camping time that I get with my brother every year. And, and my, my son, of course. And so, um, I finally drive into town. I leave my camping spot, which you know how it is when you're camping, you don't want to leave. And I drive into the closest town to send this file to her. And I like, I'm done. Okay. So I go back to my camping spot and everything's great. And then like three days later, I'm actually now at our cabin that we stay at with my family. And I get this horrible email that this lady spent. She, it was like five paragraphs long. She had to have spent a good 45 minutes crafting this email. And it is just destroying me. It, it just tears everything I have apart. Like, um, I'm going to slander you all over the internet. You, you took my money and ran. You haven't sent me these files. And I can't believe you would do that. And I can't believe you treat your customers that way. And it's horrifying. Like I would never treat anybody that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, in general, <laughs> ever, but I would definitely not ever rip off a customer especially not for $65. That's like, a lot of work to scam somebody out of $65. Yes. <laughs> it's no. Yes. <laughs> it's not even plausible and she writes this huge thing and now I'm afraid like I already am struggling in my business and now I'm afraid I'm going to have to spend my time fighting bad reviews and it just turns into this nightmare. Luckily, I had sent the files through a, a file exchange. A, yes, through a file exchange server where I had proof that it was sent. And so I was able to immediately like send the confirmation and she, I don't even remember if she found it or not, but long story short, it was soul sucking. It's just, and I just remember sitting there and just like crying and being like, what is this? Like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I was prepared really to go home and look for a job. Cause I was just like, I can't do this. This is horrible. And, and so that was kind of the low point. Um, at around the same time is really when I found a networking group. I found just one networking group and, um, I went and to I that. Think, I think before we move on from that, I think the reason that story is so important is that is so relatable. I think every person that has started a business that has started their own thing has reached that point where they're like, I am negative cash on this job. I don't even know if I can continue doing this. So I think it's important to highlight it because, you're not there and where you are today. So I just wanted to use it as a piece of encouragement too. Like, God, we've all been there, man. Like, it sucks. And and good for you for yes. keeping on. Well, and I can't say enough. I mean, that would be the message. If there's any moral to this story, it's it's that you have to find people that will support you. You have yeah. to there are people that are like-minded to you. There's people, there's networking groups if you're trying to start a business. And really um, that that shift in finding networking, it led me to, really led me to uh, Danae. I mean, Danae nice. was the like the first, okay, so. Um, Danae is the catalyst for everything. I know. I just want to say. Yeah, for real. Nice. And like I she's got. Nice. Appreciate that. She's like the universe's catalyst. I know. <laughs> It is. I make things happen sometimes in a very messy way, but they happen. <laughs> it's it's worth so much though. I mean, I can't ever say enough about that because when I first started networking and started into that world, like you were already a pro and I was like, how does she already know all this? Like it's it was amazing to me. I didn't feel like I knew anything. <laughs> you, you knew so much. <laughs> So much though. No, very little, but say it very confidently. <laughs> You're being humble. That's yes. my whole business plan. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, I show up and I'm like, I don't know. Like, side note, that's not true at all. She knows what she's talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm mostly joking. <laughs> yeah, I show up and I'm like, I don't know why I'm here or what I'm doing. And she's like, I'm looking for four more networking groups and I need to meet with eight people a day. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is inspiring <laughs> and a little insane, but amazing. And And so that is the moral of the story is if you 
feel like that, you have to find somebody that's not the people you, like your family, your friends, mm-hmm. they probably don't really understand. You have to find the people that understand and they exist everywhere. That's you have, awesome. yes, level up is a great example of that. If you're like, I'm not sure if I should go to level up a hundred percent. Yes, you should, because it's, it's not only great for, for being surrounded by people that are growing their businesses, but really most of my closest friends now a year and a half later come from that group. I mean, that's, I share an office with Megan. I see Danae all the time. We, we see each other weekly in our, our small group. We help each other with not just business stuff, but life stuff. And it's, it's life-changing truly a hundred percent. So that is the moral of that story. Um, thanks for sharing. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, long story short is I met Danae, um, and Amy with the Prevail Group, which mm-hmm. she helped me a lot too. And then, which really led to our anniversary when we met Megan, who helped me. Um, and I actually won coaching from you. Yeah, three whole sessions. I know. <laughs> they were turbos too, but we got made the most out of them. And then I realized I couldn't live without any of you. And here we are. <laughs> so, but it is, um, I mean, that really is when I feel like that's when my story should have started. If I would have known, I could have eliminated the first two years and I could have just started at that point. <laughs> so, yeah, but I think you bring, there's so much value in, in the struggle that you bring to your clients in, in knowing that they're going through that struggle. So I don't agree with you that your story should have started there. I think your story started exactly where it should have. And But I'm I'm really glad. So talk us through from there how like how you've changed your business and what your business is today so so really what i i guess what i realized really after i started working with you with coaching and helping me get clear on not uh you know marketing is a big field there is 50 subcategories within marketing i mean there's so many different components to it that's what i started to realize kind of going back to the the branding roots that i know mm-hmm. um when you're trying to do too many things and you're trying to be for everybody, you're, it is true what they say. If you're for everybody, you're for nobody. And, and that is very um, scientifically backed. You can't, it's impossible to be for everybody. So you have to figure out who it is that you are, who you want to be working with. Right. So, um, you know, that kind of starts there. And that's really for me where I shifted everything over to branding versus marketing because the way that I see branding is that it's, it really is like the sun of your universe. It's, it's, it touches everything. Um, not to get all weird and spacey, you know, it gets spacey. It's your brand. I know it, it is my yeah. brand. <laughs> get after <laughs> Got lots of moons and stars and things. <laughs> D- Destiny. I don't know. <laughs> um, but branding really is at the center of everything. It's, it touches all of the parts. It's how your employees, deal with customers. It's the words you say. It's the the way that it looks to people and how they recognize you. It's the colors you use. It's your website. It's your the videos you make. It's everything. It's the the things you volunteer for, the friends you have. I mean, it it all ties together whether you want it to or not. It's it really does touch everything. It's it's your your reputation of your company and it's how people feel about your company. So it's it's really important. And so I kind of just realized, take, you know, going at it from that angle is a much better angle. It's more focused. It helps. It really, it takes my experience of my two years of really hard struggle with this. And, and it hopefully, I, hopefully I'm helping companies jump over that faster by sharing with them what I learned through that so that nobody has to re, recreate that at least for that long. Cause it's, it's painful. And, uh, sad so (laughs) it is (laughs) I I like that you have that experience though because now and I know because I've seen you go through this with people who who I know and care about we were in the same community now um Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is cool because it's a community we've created together which is awesome um but I've seen you go through this with people and your insight is so helpful because everybody has to go through those transitions of inventing themselves and reinventing themselves and transformation can sometimes be really, really painful Mm -hmm. and scary and anxiety inducing. And, 
Um, but so much of it is just about our own attitude and how we see it. So it's so valuable to have you be, a, you know, a, a shining light in your, your galaxy. I like metaphor. Yeah, I like I'll that. Come up with more. Um, <laughs> I'm only here for the puns. So, you know, for you to be that kind of a, a positive influence with people and help them reframe those sometimes painful and scary growing pains of, of transforming and, and, you know, building something for yourself and coming in and influencing it in a way that makes it positive and exciting. And yeah. this is who you are. This is your identity. This is who you're becoming. Like, get enthusiastic mm-hmm. about it. And it's so funny because when you – and I've seen you do this so many times where somebody starts talking about about their business, about who they are, and your eyes just light up because yeah. you get it and you're engaged because mm-hmm. that's that's where your value is. That's where your, you know, your vocation, your calling is helping people build that – for themselves in a way that maybe they can't see the path just yet, but you're helping illuminate it for them along the way. And that's really exciting. And you do a really, really good job at it. Yeah. And you're getting better all the time. Thank you. I, I do. I, that resonates deeply with me because that's what's funny about really about probably all people, but especially uh, business owners and really, especially newer business owners, is that we have no faith in ourselves. Uh, we we think we have a good idea, but then you start watching what your friends are doing and you watch what your competition's doing and you watch uh, influencers and and your colleagues and you keep switching because you, you don't have enough confidence in what you're doing yet that you just keep floundering around like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to copy that. No, wait, I'm going to shift gears and do this now. Yeah. And without realizing that what makes the most successful businesses is being who you are. I mean, unless you're a horrible person, that applies to everybody else. Yes. (laughs) If you are a villain, you should find a different personality to mimic. (laughs) But other than that, the things that make you quirky or funny or goofy or the causes you really care about that you don't think are related to your business or the reasons why you get up and do it, but you're too uh, reluctant to share your story or to mm-hmm. like really embrace that part is what holds you back. Well, and I think there's a really good example of that, what you did with the Prevail Group. I mean, you worked with them. They are so passionate about dogs and, and shelter dogs and um, everything about animals um, that when you worked with them, you really helped them rebrand around um, Homes are for Dogs too. And that was just so brilliant because then they are showing up as them, them whole selves as realtors, but really realtors that love dogs. And so I, I think that's an excellent example of it. And, you know, you and I have had a couple of mutual clients since then. And what Danae said about how you light up when you are working with clients is like, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's like magical, but not, but not like in that hokey way. It's, it's like, <laughs> It's the way you tap in to a client. It's like you're possessed by their by their business, and like (laughs) (laughs) I like where this is going. Not explaining it very well. No, I think you. I think you are because it's it's like she something takes her over. Yeah, because I. I mean, and I've talked about this before. When it comes to um, emotions and energy, you can't transfer to somebody else, which you aren't already feeling. So you have this innate ability to get so excited about what it is mm-hmm. that people are doing and where they're going. And then they pick up on it too, because it's contagious, but only because you're feeling it. And I, I can tell you that, you know, in, in my experience, I, I love what you were just saying about, you know, being authentic to, to who you are. And it, it, I know it sounds so cliche about, you know, whatever, be you, the best you you can be. <laughs> but it, it's funny because I think, you know, in, in my industry, we've talked about a little before that, you know, finance is so um, boring. Dry. That wasn't what I was going to say, but um, it, can, it can be kind of stuffy. So <laughs> yeah. as, as they would say on British Big Off, it's a little stodgy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of references, but um you know, there's this kind of this image and a lot of people in finance, sometimes it feels like they want to seem untouchable or, you know, or perfect or like they've got everything together. And it's it's been so helpful to be around you because, you know, my brand for anybody who's around me 
a lot. Um, hopefully that's not what comes across because it's a hundred percent, not how, how I feel like it's been great to be able to embrace a little bit of vulnerability and authenticity and be like, okay, well, this is who I am and who I actually am. Who does that resonate with? Let's move forward from that point because now you're building a community instead of just building a business. And I think that that's what people want when we're going into business for ourselves. We don't want this, this lonely road where we just have this, entity that we're running this business machine yeah so many times our businesses are are who we are it's just an extension of our identity as a person yeah you know that's not always the case but a lot of times it is especially for solopreneurs and freelancers and anybody who you know is on their own a lot of the time we don't want to be lonely we want to connect we want a community and how are you supposed to find your community if you're not showing up as who you actually are right Yeah, well, and that's, you know, there have been countless times, like with your situation in particular, uh, you are the the anti-stodgy person, (laughs) the financial advisor that isn't that. And so it's really easy to identify who your people are because they are clearly out there saying, I am sick of dealing with people who talk down to me. I am tired of dealing with people who don't take the time to understand me and who don't get me, especially women, right? Like I feel intimidated and I don't want to. Um, you are the, you are that person for them. And it's so, it's so obvious. And so that is what you have to be embracing because you wouldn't be doing, if you're trying to pretend to be stuffy like everybody else or not like everybody else, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's just say half of, okay. Maybe we'll say the more. stereotype of a typical yes, financial there we advisor. We'll, we'll leave it at that. If you're trying to be that it's people actually like as dumb as humans can be. Um, we have a very keen sixth sense about what we can trust and what we can't. It's it is truly a sixth sense. It is from our like yeah. reptilian brain yeah. and yeah, even like our our gut. That's a real thing. And so if you're trying to be something you're not, you are. That's not going to work. I'm just it won't because people can sense that. And so if you're pretending to be that, you're it doesn't work. But you're also turning off all of the people that you're actually for because now you're pretending to be the people they don't like also. And so who are you actually like attracting? Nobody. (laughs) You know, and I think that goes back to like we kind of talked about the struggle that all new businesses go through. I think all new businesses go through that like seeking phase too. like what is my identity as a as a person in this business as a financial advisor as a, a branding expert as a coach for me? Like, what is that going to look like and what pieces of myself do I authentically bring to the business? And that's hard and scary to decide how much you're going to bring. At least it was for me. How much, how much of myself am I going to bring to the forefront? And it's taken me a lot of years to be like, okay, I'm going to sit down on a podcast with Danae and Sarah and just talk about anything in my life. Like that's kind of scary to do. Yeah. Um, and so I think, you know, I'd have to look at the numbers of it, but I think you went over that hump pretty darn quickly. And I mean, you were expedited a little bit by a little bit more pain than, than a lot of people. But Pain's you, a great motivator. Yeah. You were forced into this place where you're like, I know at least when we first, we worked together officially for, I would say, I don't know, three months. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then you're like, we're just best friends now. Yeah, much. <laughs> we're going to stop charging each other. This is just friendship. <laughs> pretty much. Equal yeah. exchange. Um <laughs> Hundred percent. That's what happened. So, uh, but when we were when we were doing that, um, I think you were at a place where you're like, "This is make it or break it. I'm either going to get a job or I'm going to make this business work." And you were just at a place where you're ready to put forth so much effort um, that you were unwilling to accept any more delays because you weren't being who you were who you needed to be for your business and who you decided who you needed to be for your business and for wax creek was 100 percent stephanie yeah you know at the same rate though it took having other people around to build my confidence to be that you know it took just like i think i can provide to people now the permission to Mm -hmm. embrace who you are it's it's wonderful it's beautiful embrace it and run with that. That is your business. That is your identity. Everybody needs that permission, including me. And that's what I got from finding you guys is like, no, this is great. You're good at your job. Do this. It's You don't have to keep changing what you're trying to do here. Because I was, I mean, I'm uh, the type of person that I, I tend to be a little more reactive. And so somebody would just 
suggest something like, Hey, do you do this? And I'd be like, that's what I do now. I'm going to, that's just what I do this week. And then the next week, somebody else would say something different. It's like, yeah. oh, I do this now. And yeah. like somebody just saying no. I remember forcing you like, this is what you're doing for the next three months. And I cried after that <laughs> meeting I, because I was so happy. It was such a relief to be like, oh, okay. But I just have a, I have a list of services now that I offer. I don't have to keep changing my identity. So, and you know, a funny story about that, which I think everybody can relate to is I will never forget uh, trying to come up with my tagline for, for Wax Creek. And I really wanted it so badly to be something about like badass brands or something with badass in it. <laughs> and I spent hours on this one night, like four hours just mulling over this. I think I might have called Megan. I, I talked to some people. What I came, I came to the conclusion that as much as I want that, like that's kind of edgy to cuss in your tagline. Any cuss word, right? Is like you have to be a certain type of person to do that. And that's not me. What I realized is that I've always wanted to be edgy, but I'm at my core, I'm not edgy at all. Like I am a, I'm not. So there you have it. Um, but the big reveal. I know. <laughs> yeah. To all the people that I tried to be edgy to, nobody like, ever. nobody ever believed that anyways. <laughs> like, then I was embarrassed, you know, because, <laughs> like, it's just been, like, this thing in the back of my mind since. And that goes back to how long. How old was I when I decided I wanted to be that? Like, 12. Mm-hmm. And I've been trying to, like, execute that since. So, you know. And you've just always been the sweet giving. I'm just not edgy. Movie. Yeah, I'm not. I'm a <laughs> lot of things, but I'm not that. So, <laughs> So that's kind of what what people get sucked into, though, is that trap of not only just what everybody else is doing, but what you think you want to be or who you think your customers want you to be. Like, you don't have to do all of that. You just have to really be yourself and find your strengths. And and there's always going to be people that love and appreciate that about you and your business. Yeah. Yeah. So today you've grown a lot. You've got a team. Yeah. Um, We have an office. Yeah. That's been amazing. So there's been a lot of a lot of growth. So um, what do you think is the biggest success factor for you in the last, I don't know, six months to a year that has helped you um, really propel yourself forward? Honestly, I'm not just saying this because I'm here no. with you guys, but it is because of of you guys. It's because of you and and Sarah and and a few other people and and really anybody who has been a mentor to me or somebody that, that just is there to listen and that we struggle together in our businesses. I think it's really great that you have that team, but I think there's a, there's a lot of people that have a a great circle around them that don't listen for the answers. You're such an open person and there's a big difference between the Stephanie that I met and the Stephanie today um, who here's a lot of, you're completely surrounded by small business owners all the time. You're all your, your clientele, you're very involved in your networking groups, you're very involved in level up. And I'm sure you get a lot of competing advice. So I think there's a difference between just being surrounded, but also I think to add on to what you said, you're open to hearing those good ideas and you're open to saying, not just, oh, yeah, I'm going to flip the script because somebody s- suggested something to me, but actually like sitting and thinking about like, is this the right direction for my business? And is this the way I want to go? Yeah, I think that you have to be open to that without you have to be grounded in who you are. So it's really important to have a clear identity. I mean, that's really a lot of what what Wax Creek does with brand identity and brand strategy is kind of setting the foundation so that you know where your boundaries are. You know where you can step outside and listen to new ideas. And you know where you kind of need to stay in a, in a lot of ways so that you don't keep flipping the script and changing your career every two weeks. <laughs> um, it's important to have some of that. and But you do, there's a balance in there. I mean, there's I try really hard to take a, take some sort of lesson from everybody that I know and meet even people I don't necessarily uh, really like too much or people that I don't have a great experience with, there's always a lesson to be had. And that's that really goes back to what I was saying about understanding that through some of the hardest times and through some of the biggest challenges and the, the things that are painful, that in some ways you don't even know if you can get over them. You know, I mean, and we all have had those things in our lives. When you can really look back and see that 
in a different perspective and realize that the silver lining to that is that you, it changes you and it, it does make you stronger. I mean, that really is true. You know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That's a really real statement in my world. Mm -hmm. And, and so if the, the harder it is, the, the better, as long as you, as long as you take it and apply it the right way, the better you come out of that situation. And so I try to, I have tried to apply that even in little, in small ways. You know, if I, I write a blog post, like I, that's how I started getting sleep at night was I wrote a blog post for a, a, like a wellness coach. And in my research, I like, I don't know why this all of a sudden stuck out after years of people telling me like, you should get sleep, you know, like at least six hours a night. <laughs> you should eat, you should get sleep, you should drink water. Yeah. You know, it finally, I, I read one piece of research that was like, uh, if you don't get enough sleep, your these parts of your brain stop working, which are like the things that keep you uh, from like endlessly scrolling Facebook or, uh, you know, doing other things that are a complete, absolute waste of time mm-hmm. that do nothing for you. Uh, like, but you don't realize it's happening to you until right. you're just like, oh, why didn't I get anything done today? That's so frustrating. And that was me a lot of days, right? So then I would work all night and the cycle continued. Mm-hmm. So I tried, I tried really hard now to take in those little bits of information and really try to just open up my mind to be open to them because you know, getting eight hours of sleep is actually life changing. I highly recommend that to everybody. <laughs> what does that feel like? Yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds great. Yeah, it's I, a Christmas miracle. I have, That's what I'm looking for. Uh, willpower and discipline. All of a sudden, like, yeah. what? But it, it's funny because it, it 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 wasn't all of a sudden, and I think that I I like that you right. talked about confidence because that so much of your your brand and who you are. Um, and what you, you know, give to other people too, is that you've, you've put the time in and you've put in consistent effort and you work hard. Like all of these things that you're experiencing now, all of these positive things are stuff that you have worked for and you've gone through the questioning who you are and going through the valleys of despair and up and down and around and reverse, reverse. And like, you've done, <laughs> you've done all of that stuff to get to where you are now that you have the confidence to, to stand strongly in. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I contribute. This is how I can help. You know, this is where I'm going. This is where I can, I can receive information and take in what's helpful for me and reject what's not. But you're also like, I love that you're, you're a student. You're always learning things. That's like, uh, that's incredible. I think that, you know, maybe you underestimate sometimes how, how much of an asset that, that is because so many people, I mean, I can tell you how many of us, um, you know, read book after book and listen to podcast after podcast and you're, you're absorbing all this information, but are you actually, retaining it how much of those things do you actually apply to your own life and you're actually doing it yeah you are you know you do that's that's a big difference I can't tell you how many times in our office Stephanie I'll try and be like you know what I heard in a podcast that you would really like and she like teaches me something incredible like oh like I wish I could pull one out of my brain right now but it's like <laughs> three times a week she's like I just learned this great thing that would improve our lives let's do this power hours power hours yeah which is included in my productivity guide now because yeah. you're so brilliant at it <laughs> well uh, and uh, go okay. no go no no you no you <laughs> no you hang up no you hang up <laughs> I uh, another part of that though um is 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 actually something that you taught me, which now we're going to get ridiculous on this back and forth here. Oh, but um, <laughs> but it's about uh, doing small things that you don't. I was stuck in a place where it had to be like a grandiose gesture. It had to be something really big for it to matter. And the, when the reality is, is that you have to just take even if it's one baby step in an entire day, as long as it was forward, it's still a step. And you have to take all those little things. There is yeah. no one big thing that is going to change your life or change your business. Mm-hmm. It is literally thousands of little mm-hmm. tiny steps. And so it is, it is that stuff. It's learning that little lesson, deciding to just, you know, this week I'm just going to focus on this one thing this week. I'm going to, you know, just do one more thing. I'm going to try this. Those are the things that really change the start cha- like creating a bigger effect. And that's, I, I would say that that's another huge part as far as my, my, progression, you know, over the last year is just realizing that it didn't have to be one 
huge thing that I was waiting for. I, I remember saying before, like that I was waiting to like get struck by lightning for like some great idea to hit me, which that's dumb. Like who wants to get <laughs> struck by lightning, first of all? <laughs> and Benjamin Franklin. Specifically. Right. <laughs> but for the key and then yeah. Right? Is that yeah. yeah. But who <laughs> specifically? Who Benjamin outside Franklin. of Benjamin Franklin? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for ruining Look, it. Unless you're looking for superpowers, because that's an entirely different dynamic here. <laughs> yeah. Not I don't advise that. You should get some sleep and not get struck by lightning. Uh you heard it here first. Um life lesson. <laughs> but you but those are the things. They're the little tiny things is that you just have to keep moving forward yeah. some way and yeah. not get frozen or paralyzed with fear. Like that's crazy too. I want to, I want to have a, an episode where we talk about habits again sometime, because I just listened to a podcast again where they were talking about, it was the guy who wrote atomic habits and I haven't read the book, but now I feel like I need to, but it was so interesting because I think that when people start trying to add a habit to their life, they, they max out, right? They go all in, they do something big and, um, you know, they immediately try and do the max of whatever they think it is they need to do. So if they need to make phone calls, I have to make 10 phone calls a day, even though I've never made one before. Oh, and so, James yeah. Okay, cool. Nice. Um, I, that's the next book on my list. But he was talking about how um, when you're making habits, you have to reinforce the positive ones instead of reinforce the negative ones. And I, I mean that in, even though it's a positive habit, sometimes you can reinforce a negative feeling about it. So if you're trying to do something like, like exercise, like mm-hmm. you go to the gym and that's it. That's all you have to do is just get there. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Even if it's just something so small as just getting there, even if you just make it for whatever, five minutes mm-hmm. and then you go home, that's what he recommends because mm-hmm. you, you can't have a negative feeling after doing that. So they actually recommend not to do more than you know, that is absolutely necessary, which is kind of silly because we, we all feel like you have to throw in so much effort to get the machine going, right. you know, and in yeah. reality, it's the compounding effect of yes. little things over yeah. and over and over again. And it's not fun or sexy. Sometimes it's super, super boring and monotonous it's and sexy over time. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because then your results start paying off. Yeah in ways you don't expect. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And I think that that's part of what you, you know, you do with the brand work too, because everything is so integrated. You know, I'm, I'm getting results now on things that I never thought I would see a result from just from like the way I post on Facebook. You know, people have seen me over the last four years go from posting about, Hey, it's wings night, come in and see me to, you know, running groups and, and events and like conferences coming up. Like, we have all this big stuff going on. And once you change your identity, the way that people see you changes too. Mm-hmm. And the work you're doing is so valuable because that's, I mean, that's what you do for people is change the way that they interact with the world around them in a way right. that's more authentic and exciting. And right. Real. Yeah. And it's, it's real too. It's well, easy. and it plays it, it plays into what you do for businesses. One of the best things you've done for my business is, uh, the email campaign mm-hmm. and, um, like, just consistently sending out authentic notes. And I thought when we first started this, it was going to have to be overdone and I was going to have to put a bunch of effort into it. And there's going to have to be videos and graphics and all this stuff. And Stephanie just said, just sit down and write a note, just write a note to the people that you're talking to mm-hmm. and tell them something they need to hear. And, um, I do that consistently. And the more consistent that I am about it, the better, the, the better results I get. And, um, so I think the point of that wasn't to say that I'm getting good results. It was that Stephanie taught me my own lesson in consistent result, consistent, consistent action over time gets results um, in the way that you market as well. And so it, you're just so brilliant and I appreciate you so much. There's yeah. one more question that I have for you because um, Danae, Sarah, and I don't have children. And so we oh. don't have a lot of insight on trying to run a business as a mom and so I would like it if you could talk just a little bit or a lot of it. It's up to you, really, whatever you want um, on starting and running and now scaling a business as a mom and how how that experience is for you and and what you think about that, I guess. I, I think that, you know, like probably like any mom out there, it's really if you're working and you have a family 
really, I, I don't know. I think everybody has so much on their plate, kids, no kids. It doesn't really matter. We, we all have so much going on. Um, as a mom, I'm very conscious about how much time I spend with, with Wyatt. Um, you know, he's, when I first decided to start my own company, he was gosh, five or six, somewhere in that range. And, um, it was important, you know, that, that I could spend more time with him. That was a, that was the main factor for that decision, uh, was that I just was not willing to miss more time with him. And, and so I think there's, I'm always aware of it. I, on the flip side of that, I try really hard to, um, balance things and have really good calendar management, but that's all new for me this year. Again, really thanks to you turning me into a calendar crazy person, but, uh, it, it does help and it works so that I can, I get to make my own hours. I do, I am in charge. And so I get to say when I have appointments and I get to be intentional with my time. And, and there's still a lot of nights that I find myself having to put in some time after he goes to bed or, you know, or having him, you know, go to my mom's house and, and she helps me out a lot, but, um, it's, it's all in my control. On the flip side of that, I think it's incredibly empowering for both of us that I can give him that lesson of not only that you can do what you set your mind to. And if you want to run your own business, you can, you don't have to be afraid of that. You don't have to play by somebody else's rules. If you don't want to, you certainly can, you can do whatever you want, but if you really want to do your own thing and you want to dream that big, you can. And so, and I think it also is great for him to see that, um, like me as his, his mom is doing that and I'm doing it by myself, you know, like I have to pay all of our bills solely. And so it's sometimes that wears on both of us, you know, sometimes yeah. that stress carries through. It certainly did during the, the Valley of despair, but, um, you know, I think now the payoff is great. I think that kids without some adversity, probably, you know, they, you need that. You need to be able to see both sides of the coin. And I think that all kids probably experience that somewhere. Nobody has a perfect childhood or life, but it's important for him to see that like there was some struggle. Yeah. And, and now like with hard work, it we're pulling through and, and so you can build something and you can do cool things with it. And, and so I take a lot of pride just in that lesson that I can teach him. I think you're really intentional too. I remember you saying that one of his birthday wishes was mom's not so stressed out <laughs> yeah. and, and that just like cut you to the core. Ugh. And so heartbreaking <laughs> kid was his eighth or ninth birthday. Yeah. And last year. And, uh, that's sad. <laughs> and, um, so I think I've, I've seen you change the way you run your business because of that. And that's not something I deal with. I mean, I deal with my husband being like, are you going to ever quit working? But he's a grown man that can make his own food, you know, like, no is my answer. <laughs> and that's not really healthy. Don't do that. But, uh, <laughs> but I have the option to say that. And I think moms that run their own businesses don't have the freedom that Danae or Sarah and I really do that when, you know, we're going to self-sacrifice, it's just coming from us. And you have that competing priority and all the moms out there that running, that are running their own business have that competition that, you, you really don't have the ability to sacrifice yourself the way that we do because you're growing a human and raising a man. And so I think that, I mean, you're very sweet when you say everybody has a lot going on, but I'm not growing a person into it, a child into a human. And so I just want to point that out to you and all the other moms listening that that's amazing what you're doing. I would agree. I think that, that as a, um, unmarried no kids person um I feel like I have you know more time freedom than I want to admit mm -hmm. like my time constraints and my adversity for the most part is self-induced mm -hmm. so like I I have so much respect and I, I I'm saying this because I babysat my nephews a couple weeks ago and man <laughs> was that a reality check <laughs> so um I was like I had <laughs> I had like three hours and my sister's like, well, can you take care of, of, of Kippy while I go to work? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I have, I have work to do, but they'll just sit quietly and watch TV 
right? <laughs> Which was not the case. <laughs> so um, every time I, I spend time with the, with the kids who I love so, so dearly, I'm like, how the hell do people <laughs> do this and, and run a business? But I think that, you know, talking to the, the moms in my life um, who are in that category, it forces you to get so intentional about how you spend your time because you don't have time to mess mm-hmm. around anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think Megan's right. I think you're, you're starting to get to a place where you're really intentional and present. And it's funny how we all kind of hit these cycles at the same point as like, I always say our business cycles are syncing up, but I don't think people like it when I say, <laughs> I love it when you when say, I say that. I think it's funny. It's um, but you know, where we're all starting to get past the point where we feel like we have to be frantically, putting in activity because we don't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. You know, now we're all at the point where our actions are starting to see results. So we know how much work we have to put in and when we can call it a day. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think we're all getting to this point where we know our actions are predictable. The results are predictable based on our actions. And, and that's really the goal um, to have predictable results, predictable revenue um, and, and like, predictable future revenue because you can predict mm-hmm. um and uh it's it's i think putting a child in the mix just complicates everything because i sit next to you and we go over calendars <laughs> and figure out what we're doing and you're like well i've got basketball this day i've got pickup this day i've got a doctor's appointment or whatever things that are going on with wyatt and i am i'm just looking at you in awe that you have, you have, you have grown an incredible amount in your business. I mean, I know we're not saying numbers, but you're doing really well and consistently you have a team, you've got incoming leads and, um, you're not doing it in this frantic way all while managing a kid with a lot of activities and, and doing all that. So I'm not just here to prop you up, but I think you're a great example for that you can be a mom and a business owner. As a side note, today in class, in one of my classes today, uh, a woman who's a business owner and a college student, she's a four-month-old baby, came in. She's usually a few minutes late, and uh, you guys all know how I feel about lateness. I found out a couple weeks into the semester that she was late because she always had to drop her baby off, and it was just the way it worked. And so she was always a few minutes late to class, and I immediately feel like a total dick that I was like annoyed that she was late for class. It's not even my class, but, um, she couldn't get childcare today. Today was the final presentation. It was her big final presentation for the class. And, um, she showed up at the stroller and I was in awe of her. Like, Oh my gosh, good for you. Good for you. And, um, the baby started fussing in the stroller in her little carrier and, she was like trying to walk over and like help like soothe the baby. Oh, yeah, that's so hard. <laughs> and so pretty soon she's like, pick, she's just like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to pick this baby up and give this presentation. And I just, before I could stop myself, I was like, give me that baby. <laughs> and she was like, oh, thank you. And like, give me this baby. And I just stood in the back of the class like, hold this baby. That's awesome. I really don't Bless know what her heart. Pre- I, don't, I have no idea what her presentation was about except for beautiful African clothes. She's originally from Africa and she has the most beautiful clothes that she was presenting for her business idea. But anyway, like that woman is amazing amazing and there's so many women out there like her that are just brand new with brand new babies and so I hope that any of you in that circumstance like my classmates that are hearing this like Stephanie did it and you're here and that doesn't mean that your your uh, struggles are going to be over and pretty soon you're going to be dealing with a lot more difficult teenager stuff um but it's doable Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of a, to wrap that up a little bit, like one final thought on that, which, um, you know, for anybody who is listening, who's like, I don't know how else to build more time or how else to do this. An option that is really seriously worth considering is getting an office. That was another huge, pivotal, life-changing thing for me. Not just because it's like, oh, look, I have an office now. People take me more seriously. It's there's so many unspoken benefits that you can't even comprehend when you're trying to make that decision. But one of them is that I struggle. I used to work all the time, day and night, yeah. all night, all day. Yeah. That was in the not sleeping phase. 
But now that I have an office, it is really hard for me to pick up work at home. It is, I have to be really, really pressed on like a deadline or something because I, I left my home office in my basement, what, four months ago, five months ago, six months ago. And I haven't been back in it. Not one time. No, I, I will work in bed before I will go to my office. Like, (laughs) and I do sometimes, but like now it's like, well, I could watch a show in the background and I could just finish this real quick, but I'm still going to get some sleep and I'm not going to, I'm not going to take time away from spending with my son to, Mm -hmm. to work on this all night. Like I used to that, that part, being able to separate life and work a little bit, Mm -hmm. that was a thing I didn't even know would happen, but it's been really, it's been a blessing for that too. It's helped me manage my calendar better and just, it's a hard line almost now. Like this is time I'm spending with my son and, and that's it. And so if anybody's kind of on the fence about that, I highly recommend that also it's, there's affordable ways to do it and it's well worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Or like co-working spaces too. Yeah. Like, I mean, you guys are in a co-working space here, but like Ventrex has been an awesome partner for us. And uh, we totally recommend that people work out of there because honestly, even any sort of physical separation between work and home is a really, really big deal because then your mind starts to make those separations too. Yeah. Yeah. And Ventrex will even move into um, the tech center. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Yay. So they're amazing. We got to ask them to put a, a podcast room in specifically (laughs) specifically for us um all right we'll just kind of kind of finish up here i'd love for you guys to tell everybody about the workshop that you've put together it's very exciting it is very exciting it's going to be well we have a couple of dates coming up uh in december december 13th and december 17th and uh you can find that on facebook um, it's called the 2020 business strategy. We'll put a link to the, in the show notes. Yeah. Perfect. Um, and it's going to be amazing because it's a part of it is going to be about setting goals. Uh, but it goes so much deeper than that. And I'll let you talk about that. Part. Well, goals are really the first step. And I think w- the biggest problem that we make in goal setting and the biggest misnomer is you set a goal and then you're done. Because how many times do we never go back? <laughs> how many times do we never reach that goal, right? And so for me in, in my coaching practice, it's really about starting, you you plan in the opposite direction of action. Um, so you plan from the end step and you and you work towards today. Um, and and so what we're gonna do is is help you define that goal, but that's a really small piece of the workshop. The rest of the workshop is okay, what are the milestones? And then more importantly, what are all the action steps that have to happen between those milestones? And this class would not, or this workshop would not happen without Stephanie because she's got all of those marketing steps. Like what are your messaging? What budgets do you need to put in place? What do you need to have in order to get to that next milestone? And then once you've reached that, um, so my piece of it would be, okay, so what business processes do you need in place? What do you need to hire? What are the business processes that you need in place to reach that milestone? And then the next milestone, and the next milestone, because the guts between today and the goal is the work. And so that's why we're calling it the 2020 business plan, um, because it's really about that roadmap, as Stephanie describes it. What is the roadmap? And so in, in three hours, we're going to work with them. Um, individually and as a group to build that roadmap so that they actually know what tasks have to happen um, for them to reach those goals. Yeah. Well, and and it's going to be really great because we're limiting the spots to it. So we can actually give every person at the class or in the workshop real custom personalized ideas and strategy and marketing advice and to really help them. So it's not just like everybody walks away with these like 20 tips, but like really tangible steps that that each business owner needs to be taking to actually reach the goals. And, And that's the difference, I think, because like, at least for me in the past, my goals were like, get rich and travel the world. And like, that's not attainable because I mean, maybe it will be, but like, what does rich mean? What does travel yeah, that's, world mean? And that's what does not that even mean real. for your business? And what does that mean for your family? Those are the questions that we're going to ask. In the, if if yeah. get rich and travel the world is your goal, great. But we need to define that more. And then we need to, to figure right. out like, what are the steps you need to take to get there. Yeah. How much do I need to make 
every month? And and how do I get from here to there? How do I make right. that happen? How do I execute that? And yeah, it's going to be amazing. And this is a co-ed workshop, correct? Yes. yes. So if you're a person who's not a lady, you're actually welcome to this. One. <laughs> or bring your non-lady friends. Bring also. your non-lady and Lady friends. lady friends. But it's really... Dogs, too. <laughs> what? This is a dog-friendly workshop? <laughs> and babies. Ah! It's really... <laughs> and dog babies. <laughs> it's really um, designed for the small business owner. Um, and Stephanie and I are both experts in especially service-based businesses, for real. So that's... We, we obviously apply our expertise um, across multiple different demographics, but th- that's really our, our sweet spot. Good. Yeah, well, I'm excited you. for it. Yeah. I had forgotten... That's okay. I am like an elephant. I never forget. So this is episode... <laughs> and I never forgive. Nine. No, and so is that going out tomorrow? Yeah. So uh, as a final note, Stephanie. Yes. This is going to air on the 3rd. So in one week from today, happy birthday, my oh, friend. Oh, thank you. Finally 21. <laughs> I know. You know, I actually thought I was the age that I'm turning for the whole year up until a few weeks ago. So I actually feel like I just got a year back. It's like magic. Hmm. That is magic. You know, we talked a lot about magic tonight <laughs> and possession. I liked, I really liked that direction. I'd like to explore that further Perfect. <laughs> at some point. Okay. Well, thanks for um, coming. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. For letting us ask you uh, the deep dive questions. I appreciate being here. And uh, we'll tell Sarah that she was deeply missed. Yes. We do miss her always. Always. Come back, Sarah. Hey, guys. We really appreciate you listening to the podcast. And what we really need is for you to like, subscribe, comment, share, and let us know what you think and share it with everybody that you want to help level up their life, too. So until the next episode, thanks. Thanks.